Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. And welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. Glad you're along for the ride. It's Tuesday, March 2nd, 2021, and the drumbeat has begun. Hey, Andrew Cuomo, if you listen closely, trust me, you can hear it because we sure do. So does all of America. The New York governor, big trouble. He's currently in the middle of what could be a 100 mile per hour face plant free fall as calls for his resignation have begun. A now third sexual harassment allegation has surfaced. And just think, it's only Tuesday. Who knows how many more we're going to hear about before the end of the week? Can he survive it? Well, that leads us to this question. Where in the world is Joe Biden? on Andrew Cuomo specifically. How about Kamala Harris? Absolute silence going on over a week into this thing. And I thought this new administration was all about moral leadership, right? I mean, maybe it's only, I don't know, maybe it only applies to what they think of Donald Trump. And oh, by the way, I thought the Democrats were supposed to lead when it comes to the hashtag MeToo movement. Silly me, I was listening to the liberal media, my bad. I mean, where are top national Democrats? It's like they're being dragged, kicking and screaming on these Cuomo allegations. They've literally turned the hashtag, hashtag me too, into more like hashtag weak views. We're going to have a lot on all of this today. Plus, uh, sorry, Dr. Seuss, your books, uh, they're being canceled, at least some of them. Cancel culture strikes again. Some of the books are gone because of so-called racist and insensitive imagery. I kid you not. Folks, I'm sorry to report that this is what we are dealing with in America right now. This is the America we live in today. I mean, who's next? Captain Crunch? I mean, after all, look, think about Captain Crunch for a second. He's a white guy in a position of power. He's a captain. For goodness sakes, he's a captain. Someone strip him of the title. Oi, Gavolt. I'm getting, you know, I need a sedative. And I just started the show and I need a sedative. All right, we're going to talk about all this later on. Uh, first, though, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm hearing crickets from Andrew Cuomo and Joe Biden on all of this. And I, I want to bring in right now Dave Bossie uh, to talk about this. Uh, of course, we know him well, President of Citizens United. David, great to see you again, sir. Hey, thanks for having me back, David. Uh, Dave, how, how does Cuomo survive this? Does he survive this? It's a great question. I I don't know that he can survive it, but the Democrats, you know, they are just better at at sticking together uh, than the Republicans are. You know, uh, you look at uh, what the mainstream media has made of a few Republicans being critical of of President Trump. Uh, They make that into the world is coming to an end. Uh, Here uh, you have uh, the hypocrisy the Me Too movement, cancel culture, Hollywood, Democrat elites, uh, and his own brother being on, on CNN, and, and, and you hear crickets. Uh, Kamala Harris, what she said, uh, Feinstein, all of the left, what they did to Brett Kavanaugh not that long ago. Yeah. Uh, over, over allegations that were just absolutely without merit, without facts, without evidence. They just tried to destroy this good man, this family man, uh, him and his family. And it's just 
unconscionable what they did to him. And then you see what they're doing today when it comes to uh, uh, Andrew Cuomo. It's the double standards. And you look at Hollywood, you know, um, and I'm and I apologize. I don't remember her name. Uh, Rose McGowan. I apologize. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rose McGowan, one of the leaders of the movement is really the only one who has come out to talk about Andrew Cuomo, all the rest of Hollywood, which said that Andrew Cuomo shows leadership. Andrew Cuomo's the, I guess it was Joe Biden who said the gold standard uh, of, of governors is just, is, is nowhere to be found. And it's really, the American people are smarter yeah. and, and, and than, than the Democrats think, and they get it. Yeah, and you mentioned hypocrisy and his brother Chris Cuomo. I've got seven seconds to show you in America exactly what you're talking about. Look at Chris Cuomo on the show last night. His Obviously, I'm aware of what's going on with my brother. And obviously, I cannot cover it because he is my brother. What? What? <laughs> Listen, he interviewed his brother for like a whole hour. I mean, he's had his brother on all the time talking about how great he was at COVID. Yeah. Well, of course, when times are good uh, and you're trying to do shtick and comedy and give people some entertainment, oh, you can you can cover that. Uh, even though the importance of COVID, uh, the yeah. deaths of many, many, many uh, thousands of, of elderly in the nursing homes is, is truly a remarkable um, situation that, that Andrew Cuomo now doesn't have to talk about because of these allegations. And so, you know, I hope this either, you know, takes on a life of its own or it goes away so we can get back to talking about the nursing homes and COVID because Andrew Cuomo has a lot of questions that need to be answered about that. Yeah. Is, is it moral malpractice for Joe Biden not to speak up on this? How does he not? He talked about. Of course. He, this is he talked about moral leadership. Where is he? Well, he's nowhere. Uh, Kamala Harris, who, of course, led against um, Justice Kavanaugh, is nowhere to be found. Uh, this this White House is, uh, you know, they, they they said all of the things they said. They hid in their basement and they they did as little as possible to try to win. Uh, yeah. And 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 now they're now they're they don't feel like they have to because the media will not demand answers they the mainstream media the main networks aren't covering the cuomo uh the, the the cuomo issue whether it's the sexual harassment or the nursing homes at all and you look at the the amount of coverage by by a very small group of of of, of cable outlets mm-hmm. uh versus the networks it's non-existent on the network side so it's really the american people again they're very smart and they get it they see they know media bias when they see it, and yep. they see it every day. Dave, you have a new project out there uh, tackling or uh, coming against the Biden agenda. Explain a little bit about uh, what, what just debuted, I guess, a few days ago now. Yeah, at CPAC, we, we launched StopBidenAgenda.com. Citizens United have been around a long time, a lot of administrations we've been through. And Citizens United to Stop the Biden Agenda uh, is uh, our new project that we just launched this week so that it's a one-stop shop so that people around the country can go and find out what is important, the news of the day, uh, see incredible video like the one you showed about Andrew Cuomo. You know, you're going to be able to go there and see things you're not able to find anywhere else. We're going to make sure that we're tackling it because the mainstream media isn't. So go to StopBidenAgenda.com. That's where the fight really begins when it comes to stopping 
this socialist agenda of, of, of Joe Biden. And we need to protect those accomplishments of Donald Trump. So we're going we're gonna to work really hard over the next four years uh, to, to, to uh, fight the socialist agenda and to make sure uh, that uh, the American people are educated as to exactly what they're, what the Biden administration is trying to do, because we, 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 as we've just talked about, the media is not going to tell them. So go to stopbidenagenda.com and go every day, because there's going to be something new. There's going to be lots of new things where we have investigations, we have FOIA uh, uh, litigation going on, Freedom yeah. of Information Act litigation, where we're uncovering things that no one else is. You know, and Dave, that agenda, and there's so many different issues that we can go through with the Biden agenda. But if you think about it in a way, it all starts with this H.R. 1 that they're debating now. I mean, that's they call it H.R. Right. 1 for a reason. I mean, this is all about fundamentally changing the election structure in this country to make sure uh, that Democrats are going to be in control for uh, forever, basically. And it, that's it's right. Not, and, it's, and it's not only the election uh, system that they want to change. There it is. They call it access to the ballot box, uh, which oh, I like. Oh, it's it, so nice. It sounds sounds so great. It Doesn't sounds it? so great. Yeah, how ahead. could you be against it? But how could you be against it? But r really, it's an anti-Citizens United, uh, our organization. It's an anti-Citizens United bill, HR1. It's been that way every year for the last uh, 10 years or so that they've, in, that they've introduced HR1. It's the same fundamental bill every year, uh, which is the cancel culture of free speech. Mm -hmm. They want to cancel free speech. They want it's an incumbent protection program to a great extent, but it also really, really uh, uh, is it takes a major shot yeah. at, at every American's right uh, for free speech. And we're not going to sit idly by and let it let it happen. And Democrats love to go after the what they call, you know, the dark money, if you will. And, and Nancy, what a, what a day to have you on, because Nancy Pelosi actually brought Citizens United up. Uh, on the House floor today. Let me play a little bit about uh, with her and then get your reaction on the other side. We got about a minute left. Here it is. I do believe that one of the most undemocratic acts of the Supreme Court of the United States in its history was the citizens, so-called Citizens United decision. How could the justices of the Supreme Court ever have passed made such a decision. I don't know if they examined their conscience in light of what has happened since then with big, dark money weighing in. Hey, Bossy, your, your <laughs> reaction. By, by, by the Democrats, by the left, by liberal Hollywood. Look, they use uh, the same rules as the Republicans, and they've uh, yeah. done very well. We have had, over the last decade that the Citizens United has been the law of the land, there's been virtually no corruption uh, you know, of politicians. And that's really what their main argument was. That's what Nancy Pelosi cried 10 years ago when the case came out, when, when our decision came out. Citizens United uh, it brought forth an, a leveling of the playing field uh, for both sides uh, so that everyone could have a right to free speech. And that's what our case was. Our case was simply a free speech First Amendment case. Uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's really as simple as that. Yeah, and oh, by the way, you won it, so uh, there you go. <laughs> drop mic. Yeah, we won. It's a, it's a good to, it is good to win. Yeah, Winning Dave Bossy, drop mic out. All right, Dave Bossy, great to see you, sir. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks very much for having me. All right. Uh, Dave Bossy, uh, a key figure uh, in American politics, uh, and, and, and if you think about it, a historical one as well, with the Citizens United case for sure. Uh, when we come back, Tommy Lahren, 
uh, from Fox Nation will be here to talk about cancel culture. We should talk about, uh, I was supposed to say Mario Cuomo. Look, I'm dating myself, all right? That's all I got to say. Look it up, Gen Zers. Mario Cuomo was Andrew Cuomo's father. Oy, Gavol, back in a moment. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the water cooler. I, I said to myself, what's the name of this show? I couldn't even think of the name. You know what? That's age. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, I'm David Brody. Uh, Andrew Cuomo. We like to call him King Cuomo here. We've talked about the Kings. Uh, it looks to be a fall from grace. We'll see exactly what happens if, uh, if he stays on the throne. But Democrats uh, in New York are not happy, which is uh, not good for Cuomo. Uh, let's bring in Tommy Lahren, uh, Fox Nation. Uh, Tommy Laren, host of Final Thoughts. Tommy, always great to have you back on the show. Good to be here. And, you know, never a dull moment. So much to talk about from this administration. <laughs> you know, Biden doesn't do a whole lot of talking, but we sure talk about everything that's going on. So thank goodness for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Biden. I mean, what, first of all, Biden's schedule. I mean, what is it? You get up at 10, you have a lunch and you, you have a phone conversation and that's about it. It's, 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 it's insane. Anyhow, don't even get me started. All right. Andrew Cuomo. Uh, the, the hypocrisy from liberals on this is what happened to the hashtag Me Too movement? Where, where are top Democrats on this exactly? Well, I am proud of New York Democrats because they yeah. really are trying to hold him to account. But the Democrat machine at large, you know, of course, Joe Biden and others that are prominent Democrats that are really upholding this party, they have yet to really remark on it. But, you know, we talked about this on Outnumbered on Fox News just a little bit ago. The the fact that now this is becoming the story, let's keep in mind there, this is not just one scandal. This is two scandals. You've got the nursing home scandal, and now you've got the allegation scandal. And for me, although I think all victims are important, I think both scandals are important to talk about, I, I do think that we need to make sure that we're still talking about the nursing home scandal. We don't get that lost in the weeds because those victims are deceased and they can't speak up and they can't tell their stories and they can't hold him accountable because they are dead by his hands and his cover up. So at the end of the day, I think we need to focus on the fact that there are two scandals here. But beyond that, the Democrat pile on right now, convenient timing. You know, a lot of this was known for quite a while. Certainly the nursing home scandal was, has been known for quite a while, but they didn't want to go after their guy because he represented the anti-Trump guy before the election. You know, he was the gold standard. He went after Donald Trump. His coronavirus response was so great and so wonderful. It was the contrast to the Trump administration. So everyone stayed really quiet, even knowing that there are problems. But now they realize, hey, this guy might be indefensible. He's making us look bad. Now we'll pile on and throw him under the bus because it's convenient timing. Yeah, sorry, Democrats. I'm not going to give you too, too big of a round of applause for that one. Yeah, for sure. You think he survives this, Tommy? What, what's your sense of what happens to Cuomo here? I don't think so. I think maybe one scandal. I don't think you can survive two. Again, I think the Democrats are getting fed up with him because he's making them look bad at the end of the day. That is what I believe they truly care about. Issues aside, Me Too movement aside, the nursing home scandal aside, I think that they, what they really care about is the image of their party. So they want to get rid of this guy because he's making them look bad. But at the end of the day, too, we need to have a larger conversation. New York is one of those states that doesn't have a recall option like California does. Right. And you're seeing their California governor, Newsom, right now having to change his tune on a lot of things and maybe 
maybe get that state somewhat back to normal because he's terrified of a recall. New York, pay attention. You don't have a recall opportunity. Whether Cuomo, Cuomo resigns or they get rid of him uh, in some way or another, let's be honest. We need to make sure that we don't have governors that are too big to fail. Have a recall option so you can view the people can hold your leaders accountable, not just your fellow party members. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Tommy, CPAC, obviously, uh, give me your sense, your impression uh, of Donald Trump over the weekend and what it means for the future of the Republican Party. The, the, the media loves to talk about disunity in the Republican Party, but this is Trump's party. And, you know, hello, Mitt Romney, you're not going to CPAC. Mitch McConnell, you're not there. I can go on. Ben Sass. So, so what, what's going on within the Republican Party right now? Well, you hit the nail on the head. It wasn't CPAC, it was TPAC. <laughs> Everyone was there for Donald Trump. Now, we have some great speakers. There were some, some great Americans, great patriots that came out and spoke. Governor DeSantis, you know, Tom Cotton, many others that did a wonderful job that are very much, you know, the voice of this party or are filling our bench. We've got some great people on the bench, but make no mistake, you know, he was asked if he was going to start his own party, an America First party, a Trump party. And he very, very frankly said, why would I need to start a new party? This is still my party. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, he is still very much the lifeblood of this party. And if he doesn't run in 24, which I do think he will, if he doesn't, his endorsement is going to mean the world. His endorsement really yeah. is the only endorsement that's going to matter. So make no mistake, they can try to cancel him off social media. You haven't canceled him in the hearts and the minds of the American people. He's not going anywhere and his presence will be known, if not immediately, very soon. I think he's planning, plotting and ready to get the machine up and running again. Yeah, 100%. You mentioned the word cancel. Maybe think of uh, my next question, Dr. Seuss. Really? Really? I mean, First now, we got what, Potato Head? No, Mr. Potato Head. I mean, wasn't it like Adam and Eve in the garden? Was, weren't they the first Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head? I mean, what has gone on here in cancel culture land? Uh, Tommy, I don't even know what to say. It's gone to the Oiga Volt level, really. We've allowed it to get to this point. And I think that's really the problem here is we have only ourselves to blame because for too long, conservatives have been far too worried about what people say about us. We haven't been fighters. We haven't we haven't been some uh, group of people that are gonna stand up for ourselves. So we allow ourselves to be canceled. Every time you don't speak up about your opinion, every time that you're quiet about your political or religious beliefs, you are placating to the cancel culture mob, whether you know it or not. So this is never going to end. They're gonna go after Dr. Seuss. They're, they've already gone after Chris Harrison. They're gonna start going after liberals. And then I think the liberals would start being a little bit more upset. But make no mistake, we got ourselves into this place in the situation. But regarding Dr. Seuss, you know, are there some things that Dr. Seuss put in some of those books and the man himself that maybe there are some problematic undertones? Perhaps. But trust the American people enough to have those conversations point out anything that might be offensive or might be insensitive, and let's have that discussion. You don't just erase things. The best way to, to combat speech you don't like is with more speech. It's not to cancel everything, but that's just the machine at work here. We've allowed it to happen. It's yeah. not going to end until we start standing up and saying no more. Yeah, I got about 30 seconds or so, but you know, you make me think about what Trump said over the weekend at CPAC, where he says, you know, you, you conservatives, you're too nice. You're too nice. I, and I wonder what's, what's the problem? I mean, what's the issue? Why don't, why, why do conservatives just, you know, they lay down, they don't do anything about it. Yeah, that is the problem. And I think we've been conditioned that way. Certainly our education system is leaning more that direction and it's only getting worse. It used to be just on college campuses. Now it's all the way down to elementary school. This indoctrination has begun. So it's up to parents to instill those values and also not just instill the values, but instill the fact that those values are worth fighting for and they're worth discussing. No more of this, be a quiet conservative, be in the silent majority. We don't have that luxury anymore. You don't get to be silent anymore. And if you are silent, then you can't complain about everything that's happening right now because we all have to 
to get a little bit louder, make our voices known, and be proud of who we are. Tommy Laren, I never know how exactly how you feel. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> Tommy Laren. That's right. Fox Nation's Tommy Laren. Final thoughts. I really appreciate you being here. Thanks, Tommy. <laughs> Good to see you as always. All right. Uh, boy, I tell you what. Uh, she, uh, what can I t tell you? I mean, she was exactly right on, uh, let me think. I was going to say pretty much everything. No, my bad. Everything. I mean, and, and the key part of all of that is conservatives, are you willing to fight? That's a question you got to look right in the mirror and answer yourself. Everybody's got to do it one person at a time in your own bean patch at your own school board meeting, PTA, whatever it happens to be. It's happening right in front of your eyes. That's the issue. We're back in a moment. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Everybody, you know, we've had a pretty good show so far. You like how we compliment ourselves? Hey, we've had a great show so far. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're into the show now. You're probably thinking to yourself, well, a couple things. One, you're hungry. I'm sure din dinner's just around the corner. But the other thing you're thinking is, where is the poll of the day? Well, guess what? Here is the poll of the day. The water cooler poll of the day. Don't invite that guy to dinner, by the way. All right, uh, here is the poll of the day. Let's read it together, shall we? Oh, it's like a, an assignment here. This is fun. Uh, how concerned are you about policies being proposed by President Biden and leading Democrats in Congress? 40, uh, what is that, 46? <laughs> My eyes are going. 46% say very concerned, 21% somewhat concerned, 17% not very concerned, 12% not at all concerned, and 4% just aren't sure because I've got better things to do or they've got better things to do. Hey, we have one more poll, a bonus poll today. Uh, now, regarding uh, those who are concerned, what concerns you most about policies being proposed by President Biden and leading Democrats in Congress? 44% it's the economy and job losses from increased regulation. 22% say China gaining economic supremacy over the U.S. That's interesting. 7% say defunding the police. 7% say the Green New Deal. 4% say uh, packing the Supreme Court, and uh, then we go on to a federal takeover, state election laws, and other, the old dreaded other. Uh, anyhow, uh, that's uh, some food for thought, I guess. Uh, Brendan Daly uh, joins us now, former communications director for Nancy Pelosi. Uh, Brendan, always great to see you, and great to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me, David. appreciate you uh, inviting me on. Well, uh, why don't we start a little bit with, uh, I've got to ask you about Andrew Cuomo. We've been talking about him a lot uh, throughout the, this hour. Uh, what, do, what, do you, what do you do at this point? What do you say at this point? Not you specifically, but what, Democrats are a bit in a pickle here. The, you know, they, they were out front in the hashtag MeToo movement, uh, and, and you would think they've got to be quick on, quick on the draw here as it relates to Cuomo, but I haven't seen Joe Biden say anything yet. No, I think, you know, Democrats in general probably want to get all the facts first. And, you know, let's, let's really see exactly what happened here. There's been uh, some concern that, you know, right away a couple of years ago, when there were some allegations against Senator Al Franken from Minnesota, that he kind of got forced out. And now there's some regret, I think, on some liberals who said, hey, you know, we really need to figure out what did he actually do, you know, especially compared to some of the, what other folks have done. Uh, certainly the allegations are pretty, uh, pretty bad against the, the governor. And, 
It deserves an ex examination and the women need to be believed and we need to figure out what it is that he did and, and what's the appropriate punishment. You think he'll survive this? Uh, what's your sense? Because Democrats in New York uh, are not happy. Reminds me a little bit uh, to a smaller degree, but, you know, with Watergate and everything with Nixon, right? It was the Republicans that walked up uh, from Capitol Hill to the White House and said, uh, Mr. President, you've lost the party. Uh, you know, I'm just wondering about Cuomo in New York. That, that's the concern, I think, for Cuomo. I think so. I think so. And there's certainly a lot of folks with their knives out for him. He's made you know, some enemies even within his own party. Yeah. Certainly the mayor and, and the governor are not exactly best of buddies. Um, and there's other folks in the in the state uh, political world who have, you know, are necessarily uh, allies with him. We'll see. You know, I, I haven't heard anything from Senator Schumer, from Senator Gillibrand either. I think they're probably trying to figure out what's what actually is happening and then they'll weigh in at some point. Um, so I think it's too early to say for sure. Okay, let, let me uh, switch to the Equality Act a little bit. I want to put up a Nancy Pelosi tweet. Uh, she talked about uh, women in general in honor of the pioneering women upon whose shoulders we stand and the brave young women speaking out to advance progress nationwide. We will never stop fighting until justice, equal rights, and greater opportunity are a reality for every woman and every American. And, of course, that sounds great, and the Equality Act itself sounds great in, in terms of a title, but obviously the devil's in the details, and there's a lot of conservatives concerned about what this would do specifically when it comes to female athletics. I mean, you know, look, no one's against transgender rights here, but in the process, there are females that are competing very hard, as you know, Brendan, for scholarships that are going to be at an unfair advantage. So the question then becomes, what about their rights? What's, what's the response by Democrats on that? Well, I mean, I think that's a little bit overblown, actually, to be honest with you. It's kind Why of like that? that's become the new. Well, I mean, that was so many questions when, you know, Miguel Cardona, the new Secretary of Education, when he was getting on during his hearing, the, the questions came up again and again from Senator Paul, from Senator Romney. You know, no one becomes transgender so they can compete in female athletics. This is something that is a very difficult decision. They feel that, that they were born in the wrong body and the folks, therefore, they need to change genders. It's a really excruciating, difficult decision. And the idea that someone does this to get a competitive advantage in sports is right, just... No. You know, kind of yeah, no, a little bit ludicrous, to be honest. I, I just want to be honest with you. That's not what I'm saying at all. I, I'm not saying they're doing it uh, to get the competitive advantage. I'm talking about the, the girls that are not transgender that are now at an unfair disadvantage. What's the answer to those parents and, and those girls specifically? Well, I mean, I, I, you know, again, we'll have to see how, how frequent this is. I don't think it's necessarily a huge problem. This is something that um, I've heard a lot about of late because it sort of polls well, I think. But... I don't think it's a significant problem throughout the country. It's not like every team and every sport this is happening. And again, as I said, this is a difficult decision for folks who are going through this. And we'll, you know, I, I, I really think this is overblown. It's not that big a deal. Well, I guess the, the only reason I bring it up is because with Nancy Pelosi's tweet, it's about you know equal rights for everyone. And I think that that, that the girls, female athletics, they're they're concerned about. It. I, I just I don't know, Brennan. Be honest with you, if it's that an outlier of an issue. I think uh, that I'm wondering if Democrats are playing overplaying their hand here in terms of soccer moms in the suburbs. I mean, this type of this is parent parental stuff. You know, you take your 17 year old girl who wants to go to, you know, a, a university out there. And, you know, and, and if if they're in an unfair advantage, you know, I just wonder politically if this doesn't hurt Democrats. I, I guess that's what I'm asking. I mean, I suppose you could argue it does because certainly Republicans and conservatives don't talk about it. But I have two daughters and they've been in competitive athletics and Either, neither one of them would be worried about this for a single minute. So I just think it's overblown. You know, you could prove me wrong if you show me a poll saying that this is a big issue among soccer moms, but I don't think it is.
All right. Well, we'll we'll follow up on that in a little bit uh, or some other time. Uh, as we wrap up, we've only got 30 seconds or so. Where do you think this COVID-19 bill is going exactly? Uh, Democrats just going to going to pass this thing? No, no problem. Well, I don't think say no problem, because I think, you know, there certainly are some, you know, it's a tight majority, as we've talked about. It's 50-50, so you've got to get the Joe Mansons and Kristen Sinemas of the world, as well as the liberals in the caucus. But I think eventually they will. And, you know, to the those who say, well, it's not a bipartisan bill, it's a bipartisan bill in terms of America. Seventy percent of Americans, including a majority of Republicans, support this bill. Just no Republicans in Congress have voted for it. I think the issue for the Republicans in Congress should be, why aren't any of them voting for it? I can see not a majority voting for it, but at least a few should. But for whatever reason, they've decided yeah. to draw their lines and we're not going to vote for this bill. Even though there's a yeah. lot of good uh, popular items in there, the, the stimulus check, the money for vaccinations, the money right. for schools, money for state and local government. There's a lot of popular uh, elements of this plan, and I think it will yeah. pass. Brendan Daly, up against the heartbreak. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Brendan. Sure, All right. We're back in a moment with Nathan Gonzalez. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. everybody. Uh, Donald Trump at CPAC. Uh, it was an electric speech if you listen to conservatives and if you listen to Democrats and <laughs> they laugh and go, give me a break. Uh, anyhow, let's bring in Nathan Gonzalez, editor of Inside Elections. Nathan, uh, great to have you back on the show, sir. Thank you for having me. Uh, you know, I want to ask you a little bit about the this future of the Republican Party, which you kind of made of the CPAC speech. I'm going to get into some of these this polling that we've seen uh, in a moment. But what did you think overall uh, of what Trump did and, and where that puts the Republican Party, at least electorally, as they move towards 2022? Yeah, I, I don't know that there were a lot of surprises. I mean, I think that President Trump uh, came out and and kind of talked about the issues that, that we would expect him to. There weren't a lot of new issues. There was a lot of uh, things that he that he's uh, really harped on in the past. Um, I think it's clear that the Republicans, uh, by and large, are still behind him. Whether we're talking about most elected officials or most uh, most primary voters, uh, and it's though it's clear that uh, he still has some uh, grievances that he wants to air against some Republicans. You know, last week we talked about Florida Senator Rick Scott, who is the chairman of the NRSC. Uh, declaring that the Civil War was over and, and everyone in the Republican tent is happy and on the same team. And I think President Trump's speech to CPAC really kind of threw, put some doubt into whether that unity is, is there quite yet. Yeah, so we decided in a poll uh, at justthenews.com to kind of take it a little step further and see, uh, well, here's the question. Let's just, let's just put up the poll and, uh, and we'll go from there. But it had to do with this. Other than former President Trump, which of these Republicans would you most trust to run for president? Look at this. Ron DeSantis tops the list by a pretty decent amount. Ted Cruz is there. Uh, Nikki Haley is third. That's interesting to me. Mike Pompeo. <laughs> Tucker Carlson. <laughs> that made me laugh. I don't know. Sorry. Uh, Christy Nome, Tom Cotton, Josh Hawley, Greg Abbott, which was kind of interesting, but that's 2%. Uh, Devin Nunez and other, the old other. Uh, what do you make of some of these numbers? That Ron DeSantis number pops. There are a few others. W what's your sense, Nathan? Yeah, I, I think that DeSantis uh, leading makes sense. I mean, he's been getting 
a lot of attention for how he's governed Florida through the pandemic, and, and including a lot of attention on on conservative media outlets. So it makes sense that he would that he would be first. Um, if I'm, you know, I'm being honest with you the whole time, yeah. uh, David. But it, there are a couple of things that stuck out, though. I, I didn't. I thought the question was a little bit weird. You know, it was which of these Republicans would you trust more to run for president? Mm-hmm. I kind of think that you know you could ask that you could see which Republicans, which one do you trust more, or or a typical way of doing it would, you know, if the election were held today, who would you want to be the Republican nominee? So it was kind of a hybrid question, and I'm not sure what everyone, you know, kind of what was in the minds of everyone. Um, the other thing that, when, when it comes down to the 2024 uh, fight for the nomination, you know, this is assuming that President Trump doesn't run, and this question is assuming that, uh, we don't have a national election, right? We have a state-by-state, state, either primaries or caucuses, and so, Whenever I see a national poll, it's interesting, but it's not really a snapshot of what will be the reality in in three plus years when this nominating contest really kicks off. Right, for sure. Hey, by the way, uh, speaking of CPAC and what we've been talking about, I want to bring up Kevin McCarthy. Uh, He made some pretty provocative uh, predictions, statements over the weekend. I want to play that and get your reaction on the other side. I would bet my house. Listen. We are. We were thirty-one thousand seven hundred fifty-one. My personal house. house. Don't tell my wife, (laughs) but I would bet it. Listen, do you want to retire Nancy Pelosi? Hell yeah. Do you want to end the socialism in this country? Win the House, five seats, the closest. This is the smallest majority the Democrats have had in a hundred years. We could do it. By the way, I want to go to Zillow.com and find out what his house is valued at. But uh, anyhow, what do you make of uh, what McCarthy said? Yeah, exactly. We need to first know what the value of the house is before we really really do this. Um, It sounded like he was going big and going bold. It actually is not that bold of a claim. To add some context to this, um, the president's party has lost house seats in 19 of the last 21 midterm elections. And the average seat loss in those 19 elections is 33 seats. Republicans only need to gain five. Then when you add on a layer of redistricting, and my, my friend and competitor, uh, competitor David Wasserman at the Cook Political Report, uh, when, you, when you look at states where Republicans have the advantage on drawing new lines, they could gain up to 10 seats just on redistricting. So I w- again, and there's only, Republicans just need five. So I would say at this point, Republicans should be disappointed if they don't win the House based on those two big, you know, those two big pieces that are working in their favor uh, ahead of 2022. So not that you're in the prediction business, but you're saying that it sets up very well in a way you are in the prediction business. But anyhow, I, I am actually in that business. <laughs> but yeah. but uh, what I was trying to say is I didn't want to kind of uh, nail you right here on the prediction. But but you are saying, in essence, uh, look, this is Republicans house to lose, if you will, uh, in 2022. Yeah, I, you know, history is on their side. I think the two two things to watch yeah. uh, in terms of why it might not trend that direction. One is that normally those midterms that go poorly for the president's party because voters are, are dissatisfied with the direction of the country and they can't take it out on the president, so they vote against his party. But hopefully, you know... Uh, People, we get through this pandemic and we're, we're healthier uh, economically, emotionally, physically as a country, and that might take the edge off of some uh, a normally agitated electorate. Um, the other piece is that normally midterm elections are focused on the incumbent. They're focused on the party in power. But in this case, we probably will have President Trump sort of interjecting himself into the conversation. 
And that could make that, that referendum more complicated. Voters will be reminded as he you know, pops up for speeches or press releases or whatever he's going to do, they like, oh yeah, I, I remember President Trump. I remember why I came out to vote in, in 2020. And, and that could inspire Democrats to vote uh, to come out in 2022. Right, and that, because that gets to the whole kingmaker situation with Trump as it relates to, so he supports, let's say, a MAGA related candidate in the primary, but can that candidate win a general? And, and now Mitch McConnell, it's like Mitch McConnell's worst nightmare and, and McCarthy's worst nightmare. Yeah, and that's where we'll have to watch the specific races, right? In some places, you know, if, he, if President Trump chooses to go after John Thune in South Dakota, I'm not, sh I'm not sure that that really matters who wins the nomination, a Republican's going to win. But in a more, uh, a more competitive state like Arizona or Georgia, where Republicans are trying to take over those two U.S. Senate seats, mm -hmm. then the nominee could matter. Yeah. Nathan Gonzalez, great to see you. Always great insight. Really appreciate your time, sir. No problem. See you next time. All right. That's Nathan Gonzalez, editor of Inside. I was, <laughs> I was going to say Inside Edition. <laughs> no, he's not editor of Inside Edition. He's editor of Inside Elections. Look, here's the thing. As this show goes on and on, my brain cells decrease. So at the end of the show, I'm like a like an iPhone. I'm like at 5%. By the end of the show, I'm at 1%. Don't worry, I got 5% left. Last sip next. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Time for, here's my mug, the last sip. Dr. Seuss uh, is being canceled. Six books of Dr. Seuss specifically are being canceled. Not yet. They haven't gotten the cat in the hat yet, but they've gotten these books. Uh, racist and um, disturbing and insensitive imagery in these books, according to uh, the liberal left. Anyhow, let's take a look at one of uh, these books. Uh, and to think that I saw it in America. I'm sorry, on Mulberry Street. And so you can see there, there is a, uh, apparently an Asian person portrayed wearing a, uh, some sort of hat holding uh, chopsticks and eating from a bowl. Apparently that is uh, racist, uh, insensitive, boy gavolt. Uh, you know, folks, uh, they got Mr. Potato Head uh, earlier, about a week ago. Uh, now they're getting Dr. Seuss. We know about cancel culture. Uh, this is the America we live in today. Uh, and I, I got to tell you, it, it, it's sickening to watch. Uh, and by the way, the fact that, uh, listen, I don't need emails saying that I'm insensitive. I'm not insensitive, okay? I'm not saying there, there might have been a few issues as it relates to the Dr. Seuss cartoons back, or books back in the day, considering it was written, oh, I don't know, 50, 60, 80, 90, whatever it is, years ago. I get it. Times change. At the same time, really, folks, we're going to 
are we going to cancel every single thing imaginable under the sun? Hey, you know what the answer is? Yes. That's exactly what liberals are planning to do. And by the way, they're not just going to cancel conservatives. They'll turn on liberals, too. And then let's see how liberals feel about it. Anyhow, uh, made us think here at the uh, water cooler, what are some other things that could be canceled? I mean, if you think about it, if you take it to the extreme, let's do it. I mean, let's go through it. Uh, how about your favorite cereal? Lucky Charms. Now, here's my question. You know, Lucky Charms, technically, look, there's a leprechaun there. That, the, that is xenophobic. For Irish people, right? I mean, a leprechaun is like this small little diminutive, like a supernatural being. It's uh, uh, usually depicted as a little bearded guy and uh, not very nice at times. And who knows? Maybe they're going to get rid of Lucky Charms. How about Captain Crunch? So here's my thing on Captain Crunch. Why is the captain white? What, what, you know, we need to eliminate his title. He's white. Come on, give me a break. And the Pillsbury Doughboy? Well, I mean, I think... Enough said there. A, he's white. But why do, why, why do boy? Why not do girl? The Pillsbury dough boy? How about just Pillsbury dough? Forget the boy like potato head. This stuff is insane. And you know what? People get it. They don't like it. They're angry. Now they got to do something about Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Back to the water cooler, everybody. It's the end of the show. We are joined by, I'm going to say it, I love these words, Sophie Mann, host of Just the News AM. It's true. For two days running. That, for two days. So keep it going. Yes. Boy, we're going to try. <clears throat> all right. So what do you have going? Excuse me. I've gotten all choked up. It's emotional that mm. you're Just the News AM. It's okay. Yeah. It's all right. I'm, I'll still be here. <laughs> I am still here. Uh, look, the Equality Act's getting a lot of ink. True. Uh, so, so tell me what's what's happening and where we're going with this because I mean, good luck in the Senate. You got to get ten Republicans in the Senate. Got to get ten Republicans in the Senate, which seems incredibly unlikely. Yeah. Um, but you know, the last time this bill was introduced was March 2019. Uh, it was sent to the Senate where Republicans had a majority at the time, immediately dismissed. Um, but this is a bill that Democrats have thought about for a very long time. 30, mm -hmm. 40 years. So there. It's a long time. It, it, it's not a long time? It's a long time. It is a long time. A I'm long confirming time. that. Okay, <laughs> confirmed. Uh, a long time. And so they're trying again now. Mm -hmm. I think really what they're doing is mounting it sort of as a culture war battle, mm -hmm. uh, the first of the Biden era. We've seen a lot of Republicans talking about it. I think that is really the major thing to be paying attention to right now is mm -hmm. conservative and Republican rhetoric surrounding this bill that likely won't pass anyway, right. but has been introduced conceptually as something that Democrats want to be part of the official legislative agenda. Mm -hmm. The Biden White House supports it. Um, and so, you know, over the past couple of days, we've seen a lot of Republicans coming out against sort of some of the tenets of this uh, bill, including former President Donald Trump, who spoke not directly about the bill on Sunday evening, but spoke about the diminishment of women's sports across the country, right. uh, which is, you know, a key concern of many in the bill, that it will allow people who identify as women, who are biological men, to compete against young girls and women um, in sports, you know, that they, a long time ago, longer even than this bill has been on the table for, um, right. fought so hard to get under Title IX. 
Um, and so it would be, so I think that we're going to see a lot of Republicans coming out against things like that, a lot of Republicans and, you know, cultural conservatives talking about protecting things like churches and schools and hospitals and all of these institutions that Democrats are trying to make into public accommodations so that government orthodoxy on these issues can be applied inside of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think, it'll, I think it'll raise a lot of controversy. Well, it's definitely doing that, for sure. And, and, you know, the, the, the goal all along is to codify it into law. I don't want to get into ENDA, the Equal Non-Deployment Discrimination Act. But if you codify it into law mm -hmm. and actually put it there, then you've marched the ball down the field. So good to see you. Good to see you. That's just my soliloquy. Thank you. That's good. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Hey, tomorrow, Jordan Sekulow, Liz Harrington, Rick Green on the show. Oh, did I bury the lead? Secretary of State Mike Pompeo tomorrow on The Water Cooler. See you then.